Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie R. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, October 10th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book and we are at page 135, starting with the first paragraph, Whether the Family Goes, reading through three paragraphs, ending with We're Being Rapidly Cured. Comments on all. Today's readers are Jen A., Susan H., Maura Z., the share ID for Tuesday, October 9th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 12,018. For the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 12,019 or 12,019. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Cordelia W. to read the 12 steps. Hi, this is Cordelia W. from Florida on the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Cordelia W. And I will now ask Naomi B. to read the 12 traditions. Hi, Julie. Good morning. Thank you. Can you hear me okay? Perfect. Okay, good. Thank you. Hi, I'm Naomi B., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself and our group conscience. 
are leaders of a trusted service. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting our other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. These problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain for prefer, excuse me, forever professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issue, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communications. Twelve, anonymity is our spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principle before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service. And I pass. Thank you, Naomi B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery, described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 135 with the first paragraph, whether the family goes reading through three paragraphs ending with, we're being rapidly cured, and comments will be on all. I will now ask Jen A. to begin reading. Good morning, Julie. Thanks for your service. This is Jen A., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic in Colorado. Whether the family goes on a spiritual basis or not, the alcohol member has to if he would recover. The others must be convinced of his new status beyond the shadow of a doubt. Seeing is believing to most families who have lived with the drinker. Here is a case in point. One of our friends is a heavy smoker and coffee drinker. There was no doubt he overindulged. Seeing this and meaning to be helpful, his wife commenced to admonish him about it. He admitted he was overdoing these things, but frankly said that he was not ready to stop. His wife is one of those persons who really feels there is something rather sinful about these commodities, so she nagged and her intolerance finally threw him into a fit of anger. He got drunk. Of course, our friend was wrong, dead wrong. He had to painfully admit that and mend his spiritual fences. Though he is now a most effective member of Alcoholics Anonymous, he still smokes and drinks coffee, but neither his wife nor anyone else stands in judgment. She sees she was wrong to make a burning issue out of such a matter. 
when his more serious ailments were being rapidly cured. Um, thankful for the family afterwards. Um, thankful that um, I'm living that today as a recovered um, woman in program. And um, these are really uh, good things for me to read today. Um, I, as a member of Alcoholics or of uh, Overeaters Anonymous, I have to um, uh, recover on a spiritual basis. It's, this is not a suggestion that they're giving me. I have to, have to, have to do it. Recover, 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 right? Um, and I must convince the others in my family. And that means that I have to demonstrate um, to the people in my family um, that and prove without a shadow of a doubt that I am recovered. And it's not so much that I have to go out and blah, blah this and blah, blah that. That's not it. It says in the next line that seeing is believing, right? So this is the living amends that I'm making um, to others in my life, to my children, um, to their uh, dad, uh, to uh, their bonus mom, to my family, um, my dad and mom. Um, they need to experience the change in me, right, before they can accept it. Because I remember so many times, right, that I was going to change, that I was going to be different on Monday. I was going to be this new girl who wasn't going to binge and purge and, um, you know, be crazy and out exercising all weekend and just going to the extremes, right? So today, um, everything for me is, is in moderation. And um, my kids uh, see that and they experience that and so does my family. And then I can show up as a different woman in program. And um, for me, you know, I have here that it's a lifetime of change. It's a lifetime. It's spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection. Just because I go through this program, I do the 12 steps, I have a spiritual awakening, doesn't mean that Jen is going to be changed overnight, right? We talked about this through the whole chapter, and I think this is what I went away from. As, as quickly as I can destroy things and make a mess of it, I have to rebuild it. And the rebuilding takes a long time. And I don't get to do that rebuilding on my own. I get to do that rebuilding with God. So I pray that, um, you know, every day I invite God in and find God and he helps me rebuild, um, you know, rebuild me from the inside out. He's rebuilding and rearranging my heart. So, um, you know, what am I supposed to do? Well, then it gives me the instructions below. It says I'm supposed to painfully admit, and that was me. That was the desperation that occurred in this program. And then I have to mend the spiritual fences, and that's me taking action. So in order to recover, um, recover, recover, I've got to take action, action, and more action. So um, I'll, keeping, I'll keep coming back for that. And as far as the coffee is concerned, I'm not a coffeeholic, but I sure do like that and sparkling water. And I think that's okay. And um, if somebody wants to nag me on it, go right ahead. Thanks, everybody, and have an awesome day. Love you. Thank you, Jen A. And for those who just got on the line, we are reading, um, starting with page 135, whether the family goes on a spiritual basis through three paragraphs, ending with we're being rapidly cured. And who would like to share on these paragraphs? Charles H. Charles H. No, Libby E. Libby E. Leah S. Leah S. Nosa J. Nosa J. Take one more. Well, maybe not. So it's going to be Charles H., Harlan G., Libby E., Leah S., Nosa J. Go ahead, Charles. Thank you very much Charles. for your service, Drew. Yeah, I'm here. 
You want me to wait or you have something? No, to say? go for it. All go, right, go. All right, cool. Um, so I want to drill down. Um, I, I I love the family afterwards because it's like you know, no matter how recovered I think I may be, I'm not going to be Mother Teresa and I'm not going to have a beach body, right? I can remember um trying to stop smoking crack and smoking uh, cigarettes at the same time. It just ain't work, right? And you know, I I I I I, <laughs> I over tried to recover too quick, right? Same thing like um. You know, just to give you uh, uh, an analogy, well, not really an analogy, but, like, you know, I, I think you guys were talking about, you know, I lost a lot of weight, but I lost a lot of muscles at the same time. And I love family afterwards because it says first things first, um, easy does it, and live and let live, right? You know, I, I like when KDG says she does the steps over and over and over and over, right? I mean, starting from step one because there's some things that's left out, right? You know? You, you you might um you might be struggling with something else. You might be struggling with money. You might be struggling with but you know, um the wife just to, to get back to the text that we're going over this morning, right? The wife um nag, like my wife, she's a nagger. She know I tell her that. I keep her real today. I don't wanna hide nothing. Right? I love her but I but but I don't love the nagging her, right? So, you know, oh you're doing this, you're doing that, you're going to all these conventions, you're going to this and that. All right. I get it. So maybe I need to do the steps on going to so much conventions or, you know what I'm saying? Like, first things first, the food was killing me. First things first, the crack was killing me, right? So, yeah, I was overindulging in food and, and shopping and other stuff, right? But I have an opportunity um, to drill down on other things that's not killing me so much. So, um, yeah, so first things first, easy does it. Live and let live. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Charles. Harlan G., you're next. Thanks, Julie. You call on me? I'm sorry, I was unmuting. I did. Okay. I'm Harlan G., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. We're talking about Earl Treats from Chicago, and his story is on page 258. It's called He Sold Himself Short. And that's who we're talking about when we're talking about the uh, coffee drinker and the smoker. We are human beings. We are not machines. We have to cut the noose closest to our neck first. The noose that's closest to our throat must be cut first. What's going to kill me? And that's what's got to be prioritized. There is nothing in this book and nothing evident in human nature that says we are going to go from compulsive overeaters who have Oreo cookie bags and Reese's peanut butter cup wrappers strewn about the car, strewn about the house. We're going to go from that to being perfect people, perfect little soldiers. We can try to achieve that. That would be great. We can try to achieve that perfection. But more likely, we are going to be human beings and the recovery from the food and the recovery from other habits, whether it be smoking or whether it be whatever, I don't know in your case or my case, whatever that may be, is going to be a process. It is going to be a metamorphosis. It's not going to be just an instant over to the other side of the pendulum. And so, once again, 
the character asset that we are being called upon to lean on is going to be patience. And that's so hard. And every time I pay for, pray for patience, God gives me areas where I have to practice patience. And I get very frustrated by that. So I stop paying, praying for patience. But what I have to remember is I am a human being and there are many, many layers to the onion. I am working on things right now that I didn't even know were problematic 10 years ago. I didn't even know I had these issues 20 years ago. I didn't know I had these issues seven years ago, whatever that may be. And that God is going to reveal different things to me. So for right now, I am working on what I'm working on. And this is where I'm at in my recovery. Tomorrow, the next day, or the next week, I may see something that I never even knew was there. I may, I may see more dreck under the rug that was swept under there 30 years ago. I have to be patient with God. I have to be patient with the process and patient with myself because no matter how evolved my recovery gets, I will never rise above the level of a human being. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. Next, we have Libby E. followed by Leah S. and Nosa J. Go ahead, Libby. Thanks, Julie. Libby E., Recovered Compulsive Eater in New York. Um, just claiming my seat today, the others must be convinced of his new status beyond a shadow of a doubt. Seeing is believing to most families who have lived with a drinker. So how is my family convinced of my new status um, beyond the shadow of a doubt? If for years and years and years, um, you know, I would say it was all about just my words. My whole life, I said, I won't do that again. I said, that won't happen again. So many I'm sorry's and promises. And, you know, so how is my family convinced today um, it's when they see me changing and they see, you know, that, that you know, what, um, as a result of living on a spiritual basis, I'm just not behaving in ways I used to. And, you know, that's what we're promised, the spiritual awakening as a result of, of doing, you know, working these steps that, you know, we won't feel, think, and act the way we used to. And, you know, that's the way my family is convinced. When I walk the walk, when I'm acting with love and tolerance to all those around me, when I'm not that controlling, always angry person and trying to change everyone, and instead I just practice these principles and I do the work, that's when my family is convinced. And it says here in this paragraph, seeing is believing. My family doesn't see a depressed, angry woman. I do the work and all of a sudden everything is different. And, you know, it's easy to talk the talk. But, you know, what happens when, you know, how am I behaving when my husband walks in three hours later than he said he, should, he, he would? And, you know, am I demonstrating God's work on a daily basis? Am I practicing compassion? Am I bringing God into every situation in my life? Am I more patient um, today? Am I more positive? And... You know, am I still always taking and, and you know, instead, instead of um, being a giver? My family sees these changes and, 
instead of always talking about what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do, you know, I'm finally doing the work and my family sees that. So um, uh, just so grateful for this um, chapter, the family afterwards, because for years and years I was, you know, um, I, I was hearing in these rooms that it has to go from the head to the heart. And I'm learning that I'm not the one that makes that happen. You know, I am, you know, entire abstinence and I do the work and God does changes. So um, that's all I want to say. Thanks for allowing me to share. Pass. Thank you so much, Libby E. Next is Leah S. followed by Nosa J. Thank you. Thank you very much. Leah, uh, recovered in Brooklyn. Mending relationships. This is the family afterward. This is the the people that I live with, the people that I like, the people that, that are close to me, and how do I mend relationships. Um, on page 124, um, they're talking about that sometime I'm going to have one provocation or another and then uh, all the old stuff is going to come up. And they also mention on the last um, line of that page, a few of us have these growing pains. Oh, my goodness, the growing pains. What are we doing now? How are we behaving now? And then we have on page 86, we ask God for inspiration and to intuitive thought or decision. It doesn't come so easy. You just, you, um, you know, my husband blows up because there are times then he does and he has his own frustrations and whatever, and he's not a compulsive overeater. And he could, you know, so how do I deal with, with, with stuff? And, and, and do, I, do I take crap or do, do I um, have to uh, do that? How do I um, really behave? So you know what? I, I always go back to the promises, and I always think about, about that. Um, we're going to know a new freedom. We're going to know a new happiness. This in the past, this... Um, this anger and this resentment and this self-righteousness, it always led me to the food. I can't have that. And um, so so I, I need to. I need to practice them. And I need to... Uh, I need to get on to meetings. I need to understand that this is where Leia's coming from. And Leia doesn't want to go back there anymore. And so with God's help, with all you guys' help, um, I continue to do my work um, each day. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Leah S. And Nosa J., you're next. Uh, this is Nosa J., compulsive overeater. And um, when I read this, it reminds me of when I first came into OA. I was um, five years sober from alcohol and drugs. Um, so I had that, you know, or I don't have that, but, you know, I, I work a very good program there. And um, and I come into OA in, um, in April, and um, I have a partner, and, you know, I just feel like she is uh, – very upset about my weight, and so I'm, I'm trying anything and everything, you know, diets and detoxes and all of this stuff. Um, and so, like, I was doing, I was doing OA for her, and um, 
thinking that my willpower will get me through until I get that spiritual awakening. Um, and, you know, I, I lasted a month and, um, and I went back out and I started getting the pizzas and, and um, the ice cream and um, hiding it from everybody. Um, so, so then um, it was my daughter's graduation in June and I, I bo- we, we broke up, um, I think because I ate a Jersey Mike sandwich kind of, <laughs> um, because it wasn't the way she wanted me to eat. Um, she would um, talk about, like, um, you need to chew your food 27 times. And, you know, we've been in a relationship for a while. And, and it just showed me that my will is not going to keep me abstinent. Um, and so um, this time I came in um, proving to myself over and over again um, that I always say, F it, you know, um, when when anything bad happens, I'll order that pizza. I'll get two pints of ice cream, and I'll sit in my house and I'll eat it until it's all gone. Um, so I was I was able to see that I really do have a problem, and if I want this, I have to do it for myself. Um, thank God that I um, have Alcoholics Anonymous in my background. I was able to reach out to uh, my current sponsor in OA now. And, um, you know, he, he does the big book, you know, and it's, you do the big book and, and, um, you know, I, I got two months this week. Um, it's the longest I've been in OA and I feel so good. Like I am getting a better connection with my higher power and, um, and, and I'm good, you know, I, um, I just feel amazing, and I know people say this shall too pass, but um, as long as I keep working these steps um, and know that I don't have to pick up food um, for any of my emotions, um, I'll be okay. So that's all I got. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you, Nosa Day. And for those who just joined the line, we are on page 135, starting with the first paragraph, whether the family goes on a spiritual basis, reading through three paragraphs, ending with, we're being rapidly cured. And who would like to share? Marcia Elise N. Elise N. Elise N. Elise N. Okay, hold on. I have a Marcia. Okay. Madeline P. Elise N. Madeline. Madeline P. I got you, Madeline. Elise N. Elise, that's what I heard. We were after about three or four people. So, Elise, Elise, what? N. Hold on. N. Did you Kelly? Kelly? Yeah. Yes, Bonnie. I, Kelly. I got Larry. I got Bonnie. Hold on, Tenzin. Oh, I've got Larry K. Tenzin P. You were after Larry Tenzin P. Okay, that's going to be it right now. I have Marcia K. Madeline P. Elise N. Kelly S, Larry K, and Tenzin P. Go ahead, Marsha K. Actually, it's Marsha M. Can you hear me? Oh, sorry about that, M. That's okay. Thanks for your service. This is Marsha M in Bloomington, Minnesota. And um, this, this passage, these passages really spoke to me today. I'm amazed constantly how this program 
and this book will all of a sudden just jump out at you. Certain things will just jump out at you. And in this last page of the family afterwards, three things really just jumped out at me and said, Marcia, you have to share on this. Um, it's amazing how the family afterward talks about you living with your family, living with your friends, living in your small group, but also how to live in the world. And the three things that told me to pay attention, the first one says her intolerance finally threw him into a fit of anger. The second one, painfully admit and mend his spiritual fences. And the third one, neither his wife nor anyone else stands in judgment. So it's talking about intolerance, admission, mending fences, and standing in judgment. And that is, those are such good pieces of advice for me in how to live as a person and how to live in the world. Don't be intolerant, painfully admit my mistakes, mend my spiritual fences, and don't stand in judgment of others. What a powerful thing to have written here for us because all of those things would be pitfalls to go back into the food. And I really, really believe that that is speaking to me. Don't do those things, practice this instead, and you'll live better in your family and with your friends and you'll live better in the world. And boy, do I need that today. And it seems like I need to remember that for the world today, too. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Marcia M. And next we have Madeline P. followed by Elise N. Madeline? Hmm. Maybe I got that wrong. Okay, so we're going to skip to Elise N, followed by Kelly S. Can you hear me? And who is this? Madeline P. Oh, yes, go ahead, Madeline. Okay. Uh, I'm from Athens, Greece. Thank you for your service. I wanted to comment on the others must be convinced of his new status beyond a shadow of a doubt. Well, this reminds me <clears throat> of how I used to be in regards with my family. Many times I had started again, that would be a new diet, a new plan of eating, something different, or on the emotional side, I would be, oh, this time I'd be less judgmental, less critical, more accepting. So my family um, had a uh, difficulty believing that anything would really change because they had heard these promises so often in, our, in one way or another. Um, so they would have definitely had a, di a difficulty being convinced of my new status. However, I was working the program, and after a while, I heard my daughter, my youngest daughter, who's late 20s, say, uh, out of the blue, Mom, I'm noticing a change in you. So all I can say is that was a really great feeling, and I think um, it just went over all the promises that I had made. It was something that she could actually see. And um, I thank God for that. So I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Madeline P. Elise N., followed by Kelly S. Elise, star one. 
Okay. We are going to Hi, go good morning. To... Good morning. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for your service. Um, I just wanted to uh, thank God um, for, I'm on six, day 68. I've been in program probably close to, uh, uh, I don't know, over 20 years or more. So don't give up before the miracle happens. That's the message there. Um, and uh, reading the steps very slowly with my sponsor, uh, who says that is the way I should go right now. Um, I've had almost 40-pound weight loss, um, which is good, but not everything. That's what I'm, I'm learning. Uh, it's not a diet with group support. Um, but what is happening is that this time around, I'm humbly grateful for that weight loss, and I'm grateful for this recovery, and I'm not talking so much. Um, my tendency is to be very excited about a weight loss, tell everybody about it, you know, um, but this time, it's just, I'm just doing. At first, my youngest daughter was angry. Um, this only lasted about a couple days. But why are these people able to get you to do these things when I could never get you to do them? In other words, you know, stay on a food plan. Because it, it certainly means more to her than it means to just about anybody else. And that's... That's just what it says in the big book, that another one of us can get us to do this, you know, like nobody else. Um, and uh, and she now is, you know, saying, good job, and you're doing great, and you look great, and, you know, all those kind of things. But, you know, it's really just about doing it, not talking it, not thinking about it, but doing it with God's help one day at a time, one meal at a time, one minute at a time. And I and they're seeing you know, not only they're seeing the um physical changes and hopefully some emotional changes and those hopefully those will become more apparent over time as I gain more, you know, recovery and I'm not, you know, walking around like a dry drunk, which I don't think I am. But I had my moments. I had one last night, this short moment where I was upset uh, that, you know, I have to, God forbid, I have to ask for something more than a few times. Someone isn't listening to me. You know, teenagers have that tendency um, sometimes. And, uh, you know, just to keep my cool, um, not to raise my voice. So thank you for listening, and everybody should have a great day. Thank you, Elise N. Kelly S., followed by Larry K. and Tenzin P. Good morning, Julie. Thank you so much for your service. Kelly S., uh, recovered compulsive overeater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm so grateful we're reading this chapter and grateful to be in recovery today. And um, so much good stuff in these paragraphs and also great shares. And I was thinking as I was reading this, you know, the very first sentence, whether the family goes on a spiritual basis or not, the alcoholic member has to if he would recover. So, you know, if I want to recover, I'm going to have to have a spiritual um, solution here because as we've been learning, it's a spiritual malady, right? So I have to 
if I want to recover, that is, of course, right? So, you know, um, and also if I read this, this, you know, I hear the steps in here and somebody else already pointed this out. So it's like I'm reading this thinking to myself, you know, this, this wife is nagging this guy and then basically he gets resentment, right? And what, what does the big book tell us? Resentment's our number one offender. Number one, not just one of them, you know? And so he gets in a fit of anger and what else does the big book tell us? Anger is a dubious luxury of normal men. Well, guess what? He must have not been doing his 10 steps and he lost it, right? Which I've done myself. Um, and so this to me is, is him now doing his 10 step. You know, he's, he's having to painfully admit and mend his spiritual fences, you know, going to these people in our family and making amends. And what, you know, it says seeing is believing to most families who've lived with this compulsive eater and like others on the, on the line, you know, I've been around for 30 something years and, and have three and a half years. And I know it's going to take my family, my kids, my spouse time to see that. And what I know is not only it's important that they see I'm putting the food down, I'm keeping the food down, fat food down, I'm maintaining a normal body weight, you know, because they do see that. That's what regular people see. They see that, right? But they also need to see I'm living life differently, that I do make mistakes, but that I'm going to them and I'm mending my spiritual fences. I'm making direct amends. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys. That's tough sometimes, you know. I pray for forgiveness. I do my 10 steps. I do my nightly reviews with my sponsor. You know, I'm often reminded I need to go make amends for things, that I'm the one who gets the ball rolling. But you know what? Every time I do that, my, my, my family sees a new way of life, right? I share with them. I talk with them. My kids are adult children. Now they're calling me, talking to me about things, making amends. And I'm seeing it, you know, just spreading out in my entire family. And I'm just so grateful for that. And I know that the more I do this work, the more they're going to be convinced that, you know, this time, you know, mom's in recovery. And, and I'm just so grateful. You know, I used to always want to tell them, don't you guys see I'm recovered? Oh, my God, you know. And uh, that doesn't really work. So <laughs> the only thing I can do is live these spiritual principles in all my areas, you know. And, and someone shared this. I'll wrap up on, uh, with this real quick, Julie. Someone shared this last week. I have to remember, I'm the one with the program. I keep wanting, wanting to um, I ask my sponsor, why do I always have to make the amends? Why do I have to do the work? Because I'm the one with the program, and I'm the one who wants these gifts, and I'm getting these gifts today. And so grateful to be doing it with you guys. Thanks, Julie. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Kelly. Uh, Larry K. followed by Tim P. Hi, Julie. Thank you for your service. Appreciate that. You know, the theme for me today is, um, is patience. Patience with imperfection. That's the, the theme for me today. See, I, I wanted the Cubs to win the World Series every year. <laughs> you know, not once a century, every year. And, you know, am I working the program of action? You know, or am I working, I like to say Veruca's program. You know, the, the, the little girl from from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Remember, she, she wanted the whole world, and she wanted it now. Don't say how. I want it now. <laughs> that's, that's how I work the program. You know, Bill, I, I'm reminded that Bill said that addicts like us, we're all or nothing people. And he said we're going broke on trying to seek perfection by Thursday. You know, we want perfection right away. And for me, a desire for perfection is really a barrier towards a more 
uh, towards a fuller and more profound relationship with my creator? You know, can I practice patience in the midst of chaos? Because chaos comes. And by myself, um, not a chance. Aligned with my higher power, with my creator, well, it's assured. I've seen that. See, patience is not simply the ability to wait. It's how I behave while I'm waiting. You know, can I persevere today reminding myself that, you know, that, th that this thing that has worked for so many people for nearly 85 years, can I trust the process? Do I have the capacity to persevere with grit and determination and compassion and love? Can I do that? Can I persevere? Well, why not you? Why not me? I've seen others do it. You know, we continue to trudge this road, working the steps. Of course we can do this. I'll wrap up by saying my daughter today, she has a father, you know, the family does restore. She has a father today who shows up in life on a daily basis, not just when it's convenient. And, and, and by the grace of God, by this daily spiritual work, my moods are stable. Generally, they're pretty stable. No more having to tiptoe tip around me. Uh, love holds no grievances. None. I can do this thing. You can do this thing. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. And Tenzin P, you're next. Mm, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Tenzin P, calling in from near New York City. These are really rich paragraphs uh, that we're reading today and rich shares as well. Uh, I really appreciate um, what's been said by a few people about, you know, having patience with our imperfections and as well the determination. Um, so, right, as a, as a recovering perfectionist, as well as recovering, recovering compulsive overeater, you know, one thing that struck me the first day that I was on our phone line, people talked about entire abstinence. And that has been so, so important to me. Uh, I mean, it, it put a little fear in my heart as well as a recognition. As soon as I heard those words that, oh, for 36 years in OA, oh, it hasn't been entire abstinence. And, and so entire abstinence, the work through the steps, slowly, slowly, sometimes quickly, quickly, leads me to see many things about my attitudes and behaviors over time. Again, I'm human, not perfect, but coming out of rationalization. Um, priorities, so important, as so many of us on the line this morning have said, priorities, you know, getting abstinent, staying abstinent, and then the growth of a spiritual solution, working with others. Um, so important. So uh, one of my friends talks about being kind to the puppy when she hears me being mean to myself, you know, that when we're training a puppy, being kind to the puppy. The, and I, I'm seeing that nagging partner that's in these three paragraphs as an inner voice of myself. So over time, I get to work on the more subtle versions of ways that I act out in overindulgence, quote-unquote, or we could call it greed, we could call it self-centeredness, doing behaviors that are defensive and keep me away from myself and others. Um, so 
So I think that's all I have. Um, so grateful to be in uh, this program on on recovery and um, have a good day, everyone. Thank you, Tins and P. Um, we are on page 135, starting with whether the family goes on a spiritual basis, reading through three paragraphs, ending with we're being rapidly cured. And who would like to share? KDG from Boston. Russ M. Okay, I think I got everybody. Russ M. Bonnie, I heard you on the first group. Um, KDG. Yep, got you, Katie. And I, I think we could take one more. I think I heard Melissa C before Barbara. Sorry. Okay. So we got, we've got Russ M, Bonnie, Katie G, and Melissa C. Go ahead, Russ. Good morning, Jewel. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Russ M, recovered compulsive overeater outside of Philly. And while I got a chance, I just want to tell you, I am so blessed to be on this line with every one of you, and I'm grateful. I got to share that with you. I can't let it go. I, I love you, and I, I'm just grateful that I, that this meeting is is here. So uh, the family afterwards, you know, this chapter is the reason why I came to program. It wasn't because I wanted to lose weight. I didn't care. I didn't care what I looked like, you know. I didn't care that my finances, my relationships, and everything was upside down. I cared when my wife gave me an ultimatum and said, look, you got to do something. you got to do something. You're going to lose us. You know, I prayed my whole life for a wife and children. And I had it in front of me. And I was, I was uh, you know, I was at risk of losing them. Why I came in, into this program. And this chapter, you know, this this thing about he does it, live and let live first. Lost your ass. Are you there? Hmm. Well, why don't we go on to Bonnie and let me know your last initial and maybe Russ can finish after you. Go ahead, Bonnie. Hi, this is Bonnie M. Um, I'm a compulsive eater. This is the first time I've been on this meeting. I'm looking for a sponsor, and I want to know, can you tell me how I can go about doing that? And thank you for your time, and I'm I'm really enjoying listening to all of you. Um, Can you tell me how how to find a sponsor? At the second hour after this recorded hour, um, you'll be able to do that if you can okay. stay tuned. Okay. Thank you for your time and all you do. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Russ M., are you back? Nope. Okay. KG, you're next. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, friends. This is KDG, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic, and yeah, I mean, my entire abstinence has evolved over time, but um, really what's most important is that the foods, behaviors, and ingredients that I tried to control, that they're down every day, right? They just got to be down every day. And then I have the privilege to say the set-aside prayer. <laughs> and if you don't want to learn in this program, don't say that prayer. Like, 
you know, I love what people are saying about, like, I don't know what I don't know. And I'm learning, like, yesterday my mind got blown open about new behaviors, new ways in which I am selfishly imposing KDG on people, places, people and places. And I'm so excited, right? And I know that that sounds crazy, but what's exciting is that when I first came into the rooms, because I didn't want my weight to, to continue to look like an EKG, I didn't know the amount of growth that I needed to do. And I was very well versed in psychotherapy and whatnot. But what this program is doing is it's helping me grow up. And when I'm ready, God's like, boom, Katie, here's your information. And my process is always the same. It's like at first it's like, oh, my God, it's like a crisis, right, like KDG. And then I got to manage it, right? I got to manage it. And then one of you angels reminds me, Katie, this is about God. And so I go to God, and then God reveals to me, okay, Katie, this is how we do it. This is how we do it, like that song. And, and, and then slowly God starts to change my heart so that I can call my mother-in-law last evening and, and truly say to her and mean it, I've been getting in the way. You are somebody's unmuted. You are Gabby's grandmother. You are Evan's mother. And I'm so grateful, and I've been getting in the way. And oh my God, it was like someone's in their kitchen unmuting, unmuted. It was like she became this new person, right? Because someone's still unmuted. Please, please mute. Um, because because God was there. Because all of a sudden, Katie's selfish wants, needs, and desires were gone. And it was more important to love her than it was to live in fear. And that is a miracle. I know it sounds small, but that's a miracle. Or, you know, this morning my my heart feels like it's just growing for hubs. That's a miracle, you know, and I can put down my selfish wants, needs, and desires. So, like, hold on to your seats. Hold on to your seats. If you say this at a side prayer, just hold on to your seats. Because God will blow your mind, and he will demonstrate his omnipotence. And that is what we get to do with entire absence, these 12 steps, for this 24 hours. And uh, I can't wait to see what God does for all of us today. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. And Melissa, see you next. Hi. Good morning, Julie. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa Say, Recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and, um, you know, so, like, I have to live on a spiritual basis no matter what my family chooses, and they need to see my living demonstration, you know, not hear more talk from me about spiritual matters, but actually see me living that way, and, um, you know, this family does not say, wow, you've really changed, Melissa, like, they just don't. You know, and when I want that and expect that, um, that's really self-centered. That's not why I'm living recovered. It's not so that I can get the praise and accolades. Um, You know, what they do notice is when I don't live spiritually, that seems to get everybody's attention. Um, You know, and so this part of the reading talks like cautionary against nagging, and it's you know, it seems like it's the one that doesn't have the, the program, the one that's not the addict, is the one that's guilty of the nagging. And that's not really the case here. Maybe it's maybe it's a mom thing, but um, I'm reading that I, <laughs> I need to refrain from nagging. And, 
You know, so like in this family, I'm the one that can nag. I can nag about their eating, their messes, their drinking. They're not doing, you know, what the, what I want them to do. And that is so not spiritual. That's the opposite of spiritual. Because what happens when I say something over and over and over again, um, no one's hearing me anymore anyway. And what really happens is that it incites rebellion. And even just that that notion of rebelling, you know, what do you rebel against? You re- rebel against the overlord. And I'm not it. Like, that's the point of being spiritual, is that there's something, there's a greater power than, than Melissa, than mom, than, than wife. Um, you know, that power is God. And so when I repeat myself over and over again, my family withdraws from me. They, they pull away from me. They shut me out. And then I feel rejected and lonely. And, and then there's nothing that I can offer anybody because we're separate. The greatest thing I can do for my family is, you know what, say my truth once, per- perhaps. Or better yet, say it never. You know, live it. If I want my family to be mindful of their messes, be mindful of their, their eating, be mindful of their obligations, how about I'm mindful of my obligations? I'm mindful of my messes. I demonstrate what it is I want. And, you know, and that way I don't walk around feeling sad and lonely because, you know, if you stop nagging people, um, people step up. And and they also reach out to you with love. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Well, there's uh, about a minute and a half, so I think I'm going to grab it. I'm Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Seeing is believing to most families who have lived with a drinker, an overeater. You know, I don't have to sit there and say, look how much I've changed. They let me know by our relationships. Um, We went to a family wedding and it was awesome, but I stay consistent. I bring my food. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't do this. And um, I'm being of service. And I do this day in and day out if I'm at a family wedding or if I'm sitting watching football every Sunday with 20 people. I'm consistent. And that is something my family never had before, a consistent mother. I was either on a diet, binging my brains out, being depressed, hating life, uh, an angry woman, and always helping everybody else because I was always still a doer. And now it's just Julie mom. She goes and meditates. I have a backyard area. I have an inside area. Um, And it's so nice that I am predictable. My kids don't have to walk on eggshells. My husband doesn't have to see what kind of woman's going to walk through the door. It's like, you know, I always thought that that would be boring, but it is such freedom to not be volatile. It's like, I I mean, and I'm not saying this, but I rarely, rarely have to make amends to my husband and to my children and to my friends and to my workers and to my employer because I'm consistent and I do the work in and out, day and night. My nightly review is my barometer of what is going on in my life and it's all a result of having first that entire abstinence no matter what 
and doing the work. And I, too, go through the steps a few times a year because there's a lot of other things going on in life. But, yeah, seeing is believing to most family members. I don't have to say, hey, look at me. I'm better. And with that, I will pass. It is now time to close the meeting. So the share ID for today, October 10th, 7 a.m., Eastern Standard Time meeting is 12,025. I'd like to thank everyone who shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Susan H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Uh, Somebody is making a lot of noise. Only Susan H. could be unmuted. There's like horns going on. Okay. Susan H. Maybe that was Susan H. um, The noise. We'll try this one more time. This is Susan H. There you go. Thank you. And I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Grateful to be able to read a vision for you this morning. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.